Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Hey everyone, it's the game show you love to hate no more than Javon. It's black like that, black like that, black like that. This, sound, this soundboard. Every time. Thank Every you, time. studio audience, for that amazing, soulful introduction. Wow. Um, this is the game show where I ask Javon 10 questions and she has to get five right. Yes. To keep her black card for another week. Yes. She lost it last week, like she, she does. She do every week. Um, no. So, what? No, what? I got, I've won every week except last week. I even was ahead by a week. Says who? You. Judges? Why do you think the crow sound? <laughs> exactly. Why does the crow sound You get the that? crows. Because you can win. I have okay, the glow. Ready I have the, the glow. You ready for the first question? Me. You can. Okay, you want the first question? Sure. Okay. Who are the zero three Bonnie and Clyde? Is that Little John and Mary J. Blige? That's Beyonce and Jay Z. Thank you. Wow. Can I finish like the the damn? I have get, her debut you, album. You you cried for give me uh <laughs> multiple, multiple choice. choice. I try to give you multiple choice and then you interrupt me. So do you want the damn multiple choice or do you not? Hell or jail? Which one you want? <laughs> I want the choices. Okay. Question two. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Complete the name of this famous rapper's rap artist. Okay. Ice. Is it cube, cola, tea, or snow? That's not, <laughs> That's not enough. Because <laughs> there's, there's an ice tea and there's an ice cube. What? There's nothing else to that question? Just the one? You know, there's ice tea. I forgot all about ice tea. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. I was like, see, so you know what? Give, you're, you're good. You're good. I'll give you that one. Yeah, you're right. I messed up. Yeah. What? Yeah. Feel like Steve Harvey. I'm sorry, y'all. I made <laughs> my, I'm sorry, y'all. I made a mistake. The card said Miss Philippines. So, my mistake. My mistake. Uh, you ready for your third question? You yeah. Got two right okay. so far. In 1994, Biggie Smalls married which RB artist? Missy Elliott, Lauren Hill, Faith Evans, or Faith Hill? Faith Evans. Faith Hill? <laughs> I don't know why these white people be making these things. And then, yeah, you're right. Okay. Now I'm three for three. All right. Yep. Ho-ho-um-be. What? That's a thing for yay in African. Harambe? Yeah. Uh, okay. I only also educate while I'm here. Where'd you get Black, that from? Gullah Island? Day. Did Gullah Gullah Island teach you this? Don't worry about Harambe? that. Harambe? Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Okay. I also educate. Calvin also has show. connections to uh, the actual Gullah Gullah Island. It's very interesting. No one asked all that information. I just find it interesting because he doesn't talk about it ever. This has nothing. Whatever. Moving on. Okay. You're three for three, right? Yes. Which rapper, which successful rapper, and the hip-hop star was shot dead in Las Vegas in 1996. Was it Snoop Dogg, Notorious B.I.G., Dr. Dre, or Tupac? Uh, I want to say Notorious B.I.G. Was Tupac? It was Tupac? The correct answer is Tupac. Uh, where, was, where did Biggie get shot? New York? He got shot in Cali. Oh. Was like next year. Okay. Okay. So. You got three out of four. Yes. Your fifth question. Mm -hmm. The album Country Grandma was released by which hip-hop group or artist? Okay. Uh, Beastie Boys, MC Hammer, wow. Nelly, or Tupac? Nelly. Nelly is correct. Nelly also had a crew. Oh. For bonuses, what's the name of his crew? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a, a St. Lunatic. Oh, St. Lunatic. Don't worry. No one remembers him neither. That's so messed up. You're, you're, you don't, don't feel bad. Yo, uh, this is your sixth question, right? Yes. So that was the fifth one. So yes. Okay. The album To The Extreme was released by which hip-hop group or artist? To The Extreme? Okay. Dr. Dre, uh -huh. Vanilla Ice, 50 Cent, or Lauryn Hill? 
to the extreme. Yeah. I know it's not Lauren Hill. I know Stick it's with a name. I know it's not fifty cent. I feel like this is a trick question. To the extreme? What were the other two names again? Dr. Dre and Vanilla Ice. I'm gonna say Vanilla Ice. Mm, I tried to trick her with my trickery, but she got it. You're correct. <laughs> it was Vanilla Ice. I don't see Dre being so like too extreme. into it. I know, of course. Dre. Do you even know the name of his first album? Dre's first album? Yeah. No. Oh my god. Does he have an album by himself? He doesn't rap. What was it? Yeah, he what has his he own. Do? He has an album by himself. Was it the um the weed one? The weed, the chronic. Yes. Oh, look at me. You guessed it because I gave it away. Anyway. I, I just remember the sequel because the. The Chronic Part 2, he was doing touring when I was in high school for that. Okay. Uh, your seventh question. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Wow. Who is not a cast member of Living Single? Okay. Regine, mm-hmm. Maxine, mm-hmm. Hillary, Khadijah, mm-hmm. or Sinclair? Hillary. Hillary's correct. Yay. That's five, right? Yeah. Well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Black Like That, where we don't finish if Javon gets five right within 10 questions. Except that we've always finished with all 10 questions. And then I run out of questions after for the next week, and then I got to do this crap again when I got to find new questions. <laughs> and guess what? This week, I'm not doing that crap, so it's over. All Thank right. you for tuning in. Woo. All right, and welcome back. We're going to kick it off with That Happened for the Week, because I like pop culture, and Calvin has no idea what goes on. Bonfire! You are so close and so loud to your mic. Booyaka. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so first off, Brian McKnight is making waves on Twitter. People are really angry at him. Can you guess why? Because he can't sing anymore? No, (laughs) he can still sing. One last cry, one last cry. So, apparently, Brian McKnight was on Twitter, which... Is rare. He was on his social media and he was giving praise to his stepdaughter. Apparently, this sparked outrage because older tweets of his um, basically denying his biological children were resurfaced. So people were like, you're going to give praise to your stepchildren, but not to your biological kids. That's interesting. What biological kids did he? Oh, my God. Brian McKnight has four biological children by another woman. He's married to a new lady as of 2017, and I think she's Hawaiian. Her name is Leilani, and I'm looking at these names of her children, and they are all Hawaiian. So she is either Kanaka or Kamaina. Sure. Do you know what either of those words are? Sounds like something that's found only in Hawaii. Okay, Kanaka means you're indigenous, like you're an indigenous Hawaiian. You you can trace your ancestry so back. So knock-knock means you're indigenous. And Kanaka. God. Damn, I can't even speak Kama today. Aina means you grew up in Hawaii. I'm hungry. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't even speak. I'm hungry. <laughs> Kama Aina means you grew up in Hawaii or have lived in Hawaii for a very long time. So you also are a part of the Kayana. culture. Kama Aina. Kama Aina. Please. Kama, 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 Chameleon. You have been married to me for this long. You don't know any of those words, Calvin. Javon, do you know any of the words? Black words I know? Yeah. No. I love you anyway. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. I take that back. Anyway, so that's what people were dragging him on Twitter for was like him giving a lot of praise to his children with his new wife and no praise to his other children. Wasn't his sons in, 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 in his group with him when he was singing on the road? I have no idea. What yeah, sons? his sons used to sing with him when he was on on tour. Were, are they his stepsons or are they his biological sons? No, they don't look nothing like Hawaiian. Uh, okay, I think you're just popping off from your own memory. No. What are the facts to this? They were singing with him, and then they had to fallen out. They so you're saying his biological sons were his backup singers. Yeah. Okay, and then they had a falling out, and they stopped talking to each other. I guess so. So you basically prove my point that he is giving praise to his stepchildren and not his biological children. When did this? It just just started, right? I don't think it just started, but it's been happening since he's married the new woman since 2017. Well, he found his way to her. What, what do you want me to say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like Brian Wright that much anyway. I find so. it interesting. I 
find it interesting. Why why even go there? Why make it that public? Because a guy who doesn't like his ex-wife found love again, mm-hmm. and he's doing what he's supposed to do. Now everyone's mad. Is it what he's supposed to do? Ignore his other children in favor of his new children? That's what he's supposed to do? Because somebody found old tweets saying he ignored his old children. That could be from then, and it could be different now. Well, apparently his all I'm saying his is, children also joined in and was like, "Yeah, this is true." Like he doesn't he doesn't talk to us. Maybe that's why he doesn't talk to his children. Why? Because they're assholes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, it sounds like to me. Wow. Who actually to join in when somebody else was trying to degrade me on social media? So you're fine with a father ignoring his biological children in favor of his stepchildren because he's with his new wife. Got it. Got it. It has nothing to do with me. Okay. Um, bad news for Bad Boys fans. Uh, the original Tasha, who plays Martin Lawrence's wife on the movie, is not coming back. And instead, it's going to be... Uh, oh, no. Tasha Smith is going to be replacing the wife. I forget what her name was in the movie. It wasn't Teresa. Loretta. Something. A lady named Teresa Randall originally played her, but now Tasha Smith. Is it Smith? Tasha, yeah, Smith is going to be playing her. I'm sorry, I got her mixed up with uh somebody else. I got to show the picture to Calvin. He doesn't know these names at all. So that lady's no longer going to be there. This okay. lady is. Oh, that's the the chick that uh plays on um all the Tyler Perry stuff, right? Yeah, why did I get married? And she yeah. was on the um Idris Elba one with all the little girls. Yeah, Daddy's little girl. Daddy's little girls. So, some people are like, great, because they think Martin Lawrence's wife on the film, Bad Boys, didn't do anything. She's easily replaceable for some of them. And for other people, Mm. they're like, she's about to be real ghetto and real loud. Yeah. (laughs) What what do you want? Hell or jail? Which one do you want? They're all saying that she's going to sound like the wife from Why Did I Get Married when she's screaming after Marcus, because one of the characters' names is Marcus. We like that. But here's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. You just said the other woman didn't do anything. So why? So well, now they bring in somebody else. You're some, still complaining. Some people feel. There's no feel, one situation. No, some people feel the wife didn't do anything. So they're not any kind of way about the Because the movie wasn't about her. The movie was about guns getting shot at, getting shot in the ass, and we about to break up, but we bad boys for life. I wonder why we don't have a moment with her, though. You know what I mean? Because she's been a part of the story for a very long time. she is irrelevant. Her job is to sit in the house and do what she wants to do. I mean, with the kids. So, do you remember the Lethal Weapon movies? Griggs! Okay. Griggs! The wife in that, that movie? Let to you, Griggs. She got a moment to stand out and, sh- and shine, but. Let me tell you, Griggs. That's all I remember that movie. Anyway, I did a full binge watch of it. It is racist as hell, but the wife in that film did get a stand out. First of all, you can't even make a movie like that anymore. You can. It was <laughs> the way they talk to their wives. <laughs> <laughs> Get in that kitchen oh, and make us some food. <laughs> oh God, the bitch is talking again. Who gave her lines? Anyway, Riggs, let's go ahead. And I don't know what else she wants. From me. She should be sewing these clothes. Let's step. Shit, I gave you a house. What more you want? That basically, basically. Goddamn, wish she could cook some good ass goddamn bacon. But it'll be how you fuck up see. bacon. How do you mess up bacon? Do you think that this next Bad Boys movie is even going to be worth the watch? Do you think it's going to be? Sure is, because Will Smith could be slapping people. Okay, hard eye rolls. <laughs> He's gonna be slapping a lot of folks. So that's gonna make it worth it. That's a that's a weird <laughs> joke. All jokes are weird. Okay, that doesn't make sense, Calvin. But anywho, have you heard about this whole conversation about um, Ebony K. Williams and her saying that she would she wouldn't date a bus driver unless he owned the bus? Ebony K. Who? I don't know who this lady is either, is but her, this little snippet of her show she did where she was interviewing Ayana, or Ayandala, Ayan, you know who I'm talking about, Ayana Van Zant. Who in the Dirty Diana is that too? She's the self-help lady. She's not like a clinical psychologist Save my all. life, the lady that saved yes. my life? Yes, her. They were doing an interview, and there was a point where Ebony K. Williams was talking about basically the mediocrity of black men, and how they can't really, she as a black woman can't find a whole lot of people her to pursue sounds um, like that uh, that's a her problem well so ayana goes would you date a bus driver and she goes if he owned the bus 
She said if he owns the bus. And here's my shout out to her. Um, what are you doing wrong that none of the guys who are in your on your level don't want to talk to you? What's what? wrong with you? Is it that? So, so yeah, that's a, that's, there was yeah. a discourse because some people were like, she's classes. Like, this is elitism. She's saying she would never date below her station. But other people were saying, where would she even run into a bus driver? Like, where, what she does for a living and the circles that she's in, would she even come across a bus driver? That's not the point. The point is, anytime a woman says she's not going to lose her, lower her standards, who are you to say you're not going to lower your standards? But if a man says it, he should be saying that. That's what he should do. So... Men don't, in my opinion, you guys don't really have a whole lot of high standards. If it's a pretty face, but it's a small waist, you're like, this is fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But because I don't think for guys that that is one of their standouts. They're not like, she's got to be within the same level. <laughs> you don't have a provider mentality like this lady does. She's looking for somebody who's quote unquote on her level, but she's also looking for somebody who's like a provider. Whatever. It's, but, your, it's your booty, not your beauty. Anywho, so um, apparently she defended it on The Breakfast Club. And DJ Envy was just like, he was, he was over it. He didn't think it was good. He was basically saying the same things you were saying. Like, whatever, that's, that's a you problem, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, DJ Envy has a lot of things he got to get over. Well, he, he was trying to stand up for, quote, unquote, blue-collar workers, saying it's not about... How much money they make, it's how they treat you, is what he was trying to say. Good for him. I doubt it. I don't think he was meaning that earnestly. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. uh, He has his own issues. Staying faithful. Right. Next question. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, next next topic. Next topic. So, anywho, next one is um, shout out to Candy Burris, who recently snagged an Emmy and a Tony nomination Boo. within 24 hours. Boo. It says she's like a quarter of the way or halfway to an EGOT. Boo. You can boo all you want. I mean, you may not agree with a lot of her morality, but she is winning. She stuck to her writing. She did her reality TV shows, and she's thriving in both. Whatever. Sounds like Viral DeMira every time she talks. Who? From uh, In Living Color. I don't know who that is. Jim Carrey had a uh, person he used to play called Vera DeMira. Vera DeMilo, something like that, on In Living Color. Ooh, it was, the tr- it was a cruel, yeah. transphobic joke. Yes, I remember. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> oh, if y'all don't know, I'm getting the look of this pleasure yeah this tastefulness 90s transphobic comedy doesn't hold up well anymore is all i'm saying she is disgusted with me right now ladies and gentlemen i'm just saying i will be sleeping in my bed what was that (laughs) he moved to hit a button and then didn't do it at the last second you just yell every fading button so i'm not hitting more buttons anyway that's that's it for that happened that happened you like that because we like that listen to us on all podcast platforms especially spotify interact do all the things because you know we like that our worth the watch for this week was trial by media king richard yep king richard apparently this was a story about money laundering uh for health south ceo richard scrushy it was the most wild story, to be honest, disclaimer, we did watch Trial by Media in order. However, it got real depressing real fast. It real was a dark. struggle watch for a good three episodes straight. Real dark. Real dark. So She, she was in dark places. I had to pull her out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. We don't have any more couch cushions or anything. Mm. They've all been stabbed and punched. It's, to oblivion. I mean, if you want to watch the full series, you absolutely should. They go into great detail for um, Amado Diallo, uh, the Subway Vigilante, which is the story about the 83, 84, 82? 83. 83 
subway shooting um, regarding a guy named Bernard Guest who shot four unarmed black teenagers in a subway because one of them asked for $5. And then another one is Dan's Tavern, which goes over the brutal gang rape of a woman at that tavern. It's, It's rough. It's rough. And they in were like, front oh. of numerous Patreons. It, and they get away with it, essentially, is what happens. It's just... Didn't they go to jail? Not, not really. Okay. They, I, I don't know if you've noticed the trend, but a lot of these people who get caught, quote-unquote, they serve a minimal sentence and then get out early. Anywho, on to King Richard, and it's on white-collar crime. Ooh, white-collar crime indeed. So, um, my jaw dropped watching this. Uh, if you, like me, are not in a place to be watching that heavy of a documentary, watch King Richard because um, it gets crazy immediately. So basically this guy, King his, King Richard, but Richard Scrooge is the CEO of a company called Health South Corp. It's basically insurance uh, for Alabama during the 1980s and 90s. He's known for his business acumen. He's also known for the rapidly growing company and his associated rapidly growing lifestyle. He's not afraid to spend money. He's buying huge homes. He's buying boats. He's buying water skis. Pretty much he's a CEO who wants to be a rock star. Uh, It is crazy. In the early 2000s is when it kind of all comes to a head because he faces federal charges, essentially for conspiracy, securities fraud, mail fraud, and a whole bunch more. The prosecutors, which was the federal government at that time, Said Scrooge directed high-level employees to falsify the books for Cook Health the South. Books. They call it cooking the books on the streets. When its earnings didn't meet Wall Street expectations, about $2.7 billion was at issue, overstated in financial reports from 96 through 2002. I'm reading all of this from uh, Alabama.com, also, by the way. Bama.com. Shout out to them for condensing this. Oh, my God. <laughs> So what makes my jaw drop is the actual trial for this. Scrooge gets these two lawyers for his defense, a Donald Watkins and a Jim Parkman. And the circus hoops that these guys jump through to get their client off was incredible. Basically, they used Jesus. <sighs> one used Jesus. The other one used everydayisms. And the black people. Jesus and the black folks to get them all. Could not. So one of them is guy Donald Watkins is a black guy in Alabama. The news at that time around Richard Scrooge and his trial was not favorable to Richard Scrooge. Most of the public opinion was that he was terrible. This black lawyer decides what we need to do is get the black side on our side because at the time they were basically neutral. It was like, eh, this white guy's in trouble. I don't care. So he used all the southern charm he had because you know the feds gonna come down here with their New Yorker lawyers using all these big words, saying all these big federal terms. That I think you're these... talking about the wrong lawyer. Yeah, the black lawyer said that's what we need to do. Oh, he said that too. That's why you went and got that white guy. Right, but he went and got the white guy. His yeah. whole focus was get the black congregation. Yeah, but also he's saying they're gonna come down here. We're just gonna keep it basic for because. We know I'm no- talking about him gathering the black congregation. Okay. Sure. Do you want to expand on that, Galvin? What did he do to get the black congregation? He just went to church and started buying them. Pretty much all he did. Just literally what he did. He started preaching a little bit. That's literally what so he we're did. not going to mention the bishop that was attached to this? or Bishop, Jim Lowe. The guy in like church is one of the churches, the first churches he went to. And pretty much bought him. You hear the the lawyer, Donald Watkins, talk about how uh, he's so philanthropic anyway, meaning he's throwing his money around anyway. Why not also be philanthropic to the church? Because, you know, a lot of the black churches are in need. They need new roofs. They need new pews. And the black community as well. It works, though. It works like gangbusters. He like starts a glove. throwing money at these churches. Gets them, the congregation's fully on his side. He starts showing up to preach. He's becoming best buddies with these pastors and these bishops and these reverends. And then when he goes to trial between Donald Watkins trying to secure black the black community to support him and this other lawyer named Jim Parkman, who kind of presented like the everyday white Alabama person. And he also started his own little 
Christian Church Network. Yes, he did. That was airing as well. But only black people were watching it because he had white haters. Quote, unquote. <laughs> I forgot what he said. Quote, that. unquote. I got the white haters. So I had he to said, go those to the white black haters communities were after me. for help. I couldn't go to a white church. I had to go to a black one. And there was some white haters in there, too. Also, this is the first episode where I saw the person that they're talking about was actually involved in the making of the documentary. Oh, yeah. But still, it was it was off the, between this black lawyer trying to secure the black, I don't want to say compliance, but allegiance, loyalty. He's trying to secure black loyalty. And this other everyday, regular, regular guy, Jim Parkman, it worked so well. Richard Scrooge gets acquitted of billions of dollars of fraud. Meanwhile, all the people that worked under him, who he ordered to cook all those books, they went to jail. They ended up losing everything. Just like my mama said, when you pull pancakes, there are two sides to thin pancakes. And what made it even crazier was that the reason these guys went to jail was because they took plea deals with the government to admit guilt in order to get lesser sentences to help try to, to help them try to get the big guy, Richard Scrooge. And they did it. And now they got to go to jail. This and he high, gets to walk away free. Exactly. This is a highfalutin trial. And this is the biggest trial in Alabama at the time. And I knew if I can just talk to the Alabamians in their tone and their language, we could change. It's the big guy against the little guy. Uh, yeah, that's he what started said. off just like you. Uh, he came out of the mud and out of dirt just like you did. And we're gonna let this federal government come in here and try to take this little man down because he worked his way to the top. Because the other rats on the ship got off before the before the ship went sinking. Of course not. Don't convict this young man. The blessings of Jesus on his heart in life. Look at all the community things he's done. I'm trying to see how trial by media fits for this particular scenario. Because all of the media around him was bad. But he used the media in Alabama to create a good narrative of himself. And the church community as okay. well. Okay, to feed into the, his media narrative. Yeah. It should be, it shouldn't even, they keep talking about how there's a, a moment where the prosecutor for the government side was like, yeah, at that time we thought we had one over the jury, but we hadn't. But I, I still believe in this system. And I'm like, clearly the system is flawed. <laughs> clearly this system is so flawed. No, what happened was arrogance took over. Arrogance took over, but I think people constantly, clearly, episode after, after episode, people clearly discount the person part of what happens during a trial. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. They forget about human uh, uh, free will. <laughs> yeah, and um, how people can be like galvanized. Yeah, and like tricked or can coerced into something. It's interesting how the lawyers who win their cases are like, "This is exactly how we wanted it to go. We wanted them to think this. We wanted them to look this way." They and forgot they how did. to coerce people into their view. That's it's literally so what crazy. you do. And yeah. almost all of these cases end up going to a civil trial later. And they end up winning. The at, civil yeah, trial. at the civil because I don't even think there's jury. No, sometimes there are juries at civil trials, but still, like that's wow. I couldn't believe this white man was over here preaching to all of these black churches in the South, in Alabama. And the lawyer's speeches, they give us little examples of what the lawyers did for their final arguments. You got the white guy, Jim Parkman, talking, crying, crying to the juries, talking about how this guy just happened to be, you know, in the thrush of it, apparently, and they wanted a fall guy, and they chose him. He was an innocent bystander. And then his other lawyer takes it back to the civil rights era and compares the persecution that this guy is facing uh, we, to that of the struggle for civil rights. So we went from civil rights to Iwo Jima to, I don't even know if we went to the Vietnam War, but we went somewhere. He was draped in the flag and all this stuff. And these lawyers are patting themselves on the back. And apparently they had right to because he gets acquitted. He gets acquitted. The, the white guy also had like a bulletin board made of a rat holding up cheese. 
and it said, and he asked the uh, jury, who does it remind them of? And I guess it reminded them of the guy who actually wore the wiretap. It was another CFO. That, yes, he was trying to discount the testimony of that CFO that had just stood trial to show that, like, he was apparently the rat. The rat. But again, this guy wasn't even the one in charge. <laughs> wasn't even the one in charge. The, he, the way he just got the. He told jokes, the jury laughed. He told sad stories, the jury cried. cried. It's like, huh. He it's knew, like they he forgot knew about, how to read them. Exactly. And he knew how to talk to them. And they forgot all about the actual evidence and what was really going on. And they just, it's all, you know what? It's all about telling that goddamn story. Well, I mean, they keep saying it's not about us trying to disprove something. It's about trying to sow doubt, especially when they're on the defendant side. To me, it's, it's all about telling a convincing story. If you're an amazing storyteller, mm-hmm. apparently people don't pay attention to evidence mm-hmm. or whatever the hell else is going on. They just want to hear the goddamn story. It was just so crazy to see these black people standing ten toes down for this white man who clearly stole billions of dollars from his company. Which tells me lawyers are great sophists. Soul, they can tell amazing stories. You have this bishop, this black bishop, standing there being like, yeah, we welcomed him into the congregation. I took him aside after he, you know, got won his case and let him know this was God. This was God looking out for him. He had an umbrella of protection over him. And then they never saw him again. Never saw him again. Didn't and show back up. Over. Nothing. But guess what? Karma's a bitch because he got... <laughs> <laughs> he went to jail anyway because he was trying to bribe the mayor of uh of Alabama of Alabama a uh, Birmingham the governor not, the governor of uh Birmingham no the it was no it was in Montgomery Montgomery uh, yeah but the, no it was the governor of Alabama that's what, yeah. that's who he but was he, but he his trial was in Montgomery that was in Montgomery yes that one was in Montgomery but yeah so. I but, guess. but yeah, so of what? Well, how how long ago was it? I don't even think it was that long after he got off of. Yeah, two years. Two years later. Two years later, he is back on trial for Richard Scrushy is back on trial for bribing the governor of Alabama, this guy named Don Siegelman, uh, for they were trying to get him for racketeering, money laundering, extortion, obstruction of justice, and bribery, and they won that case. You better believe. He got extra time for all the stuff that he missed out from the last trial. There is a moment where Richard Scrushy calls his old lawyers who got him off the first time. One of them, Donald Watkins, is like long gone. As soon as he won that case for him, he, went he to Miami. beat it to, my, to Florida. I'm almost <laughs> on Miami. He left immediately. And then um, Jim is kind of on the edge of like, oh, maybe I can do this again. Maybe this will be another big case. Because that's, apparently that's all Jim's concern was. Is this going to be a big enough case for my career? And the other guy told him, stay away from it. He was like, don't even do it. I'm like, don't do it. And so Jim gives Richard some crazy high number to say, yeah, I'll do it if you pay this. And Richard goes, you know what? I remember what you guys did for me for my first trial. So I'm just going to have my new lawyers do that. And it failed miserably. Miserably. I I think that community, because Birmingham and Montgomery aren't that far apart, I want to say. It's all in Alabama, yeah. Yeah, so that community learned from the other communities, like, no, nah, we're not falling for this twice. Mm-hmm. Anywho, but the other lawyer... They're on DOJ. They're on the Department of Justice website. Oh, Watkins and his son. Oh, yeah, so Watkins ends up in 2019 getting in trouble for what? Yeah, so Donald Watkins, a black lawyer who was like, let's use the black people to help clear this man's name, ends up uh, getting sentenced with his son to prison in a multi-million dollar investment fraud scheme. Karma took a little bit to get to him, but they were like, I didn't forget. I guess the black community was busy that week. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) And son, and you got your son in on this? What are you doing? I guess the black delegation had other options and other things going on that day. Listen, this is Oh, it was conducted by the FBI's Birmingham field office. Of course. 
coming back to bite him in the ass. First of all, he's in Miami. Why is Birmingham even doing this? Well, it became a, I guess it became a federal investigation, and Birmingham was like, who is this? (laughs) Whatever. Let me tell you what. (laughs) Let me tell you what. We got something. Perfect pitch. Let me go ahead and talk to y'all. How about that? Yeah, special agent in charge, Johnny Sharp of the FBI Birmingham Birmingham field office, (laughs) was making the announcement. Oh, he had moved to Atlanta, Georgia at that point. Got him. But his son was in Birmingham. Birmingham, okay. We know we get one of you bastards sooner listen, or later. Listen, I just, I'm just glad that we had those follow-ups because I was about to be so upset again. <laughs> I'm like, word, again, nothing, nobody. But thankfully, they're too greedy. They weren't going to stay put. They had to, they had to do a little more. Richard Scrooge had to be in the throes of things again with the governor, and they got caught, and then you got... Donald Watkins, one of his lawyers who helped him get off scot-free the first time. Also getting caught up. Hilarious. King Richard is worth a watch just to see how the lawyers was able to come up with a game plan that had nothing to do <laughs> with fighting the evidence. Nothing. Nothing They were to like, do. yeah, you got the evidence. But what we're going to do is go after the personage <laughs> we're going to talk about. How this is just a regular guy. At no point did they dispute the evidence. Nope. At all. Nope. Not all. What under what? But he ended up having to pay a fine, I think. I it don't even to... matter. That fine was nothing until he got them seven years afterwards. <laughs> anyway, he went to Fed prison, so he probably was drinking a lot of Kool Aid, eating some steaks. Well, so yeah, so after he gets caught up in, for the Montgomery trial. He goes, he's supposed to go to prison for seven years. He goes to prison for five. In his face. And he talks, in the documentary, he talks about how, like, he can't believe in America. You can just take a man's possessions. <laughs> oh, because he also got sued for the civil lawsuit regarding his first uh, trial uh, you got all your during stuff this with time. Illegal money, really. All that stuff you bought was illegal money. So while he was in jail for a different crime, a civil lawsuit went out for his first crime, and they won that one, and they ordered him to pay. A ridiculous, like a billion, yeah, $2.87 billion. $2.87 billion. No. Billion. B with a B. Billion mm, dollars. Now I have nothing. Who and is this with? I don't. It amazes me how he doesn't talk about Jesus anymore. Huh. 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 Yeah, showing everything. You would yeah, think. You would think. You would think. And he even sits down there and goes, like, he wasn't godly before. And now all of a sudden he's godly. And he's like, I can't believe they questioned my faith. Yeah, it's amazing how he didn't go back to preaching after he started preaching for that brief two years. He was being tried. Oh, the Hell South investors are the ones who sued him for that civil trial. I was like, who was going after him? It's crazy. But, shoo, I liked it. The, the back and forth, how proud these lawyers were and patting themselves on the back. One of the lawyers getting caught up and having to go to jail. The other one, hopefully he's keeping his nose clean. Apparently he's still practicing in Birmingham. Richard Scruzzi is uh, in Houston, I think, now. He's in Texas. He's a, Yeah, he's in a Houston. And he's now like a business consultant. And apparently, he still has really good business acumen. Just don't trust him with a lot of money because he won't get it back. I always try to be on the, the, uh, the help of the strangers that I have. And I don't know why they took all my stuff from me. Lord knows I prayed and I prayed. Them five years I did in jail. God bless me. I had seven. God bless me with five. Think about the entitlement to think like, ah, oh, snap. Now I got to go to jail. But that's okay. Once I'm done doing this run, I'm just going to go back to my regular life. And I then you declare. go back and it's I do declare gone. House, gone. Stuff in the house, gone. <laughs> Stuff in your bank accounts, gone. He goes, I got out of jail. No job. No money. No home. Welcome to How can everybody. that even happen in America? It's like, what? <laughs> That's what happens to every other regular person what? who goes to jail for some years and comes out. Are they you have nothing. Me? They have zero things, exactly. They have zero things. They have nothing to help them start this new life that they're supposed to stick to. Welcome to how the justice system works. And you only did five years. Can you exactly. imagine doing longer? Goodness gracious. And you probably kept some of that money anyway, so don't even matter. What, Unless what? your wife took the rest. Like pirate style, it's, got, it's like buried somewhere. I do declare, I clutch my pearls every time they tell me to go to jail. Wasn't there a guy on Love After Lockup who did something similar? He, like, stole money 
and he buried it, but he didn't remember where he buried it, and he was trying to find it. You, you remember him talking about? Not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh. Do you remember? Nope. Do you remember the one where this lady was super excited to see her man get out of jail, and he was like crazy, like he was crazy, and they ended up having. Uh, they ended up getting it on in the woods. Yeah, remember that. Okay, it was in that series. There was a young couple. They were like 19, 20, men online. And he seemed like a decent guy, but this girl wanted so many things from him. And he was like, I need to find that money I buried. But where he had buried it was not like now there was new buildings. So he didn't know how to get to it. And it's him with a shovel just randomly digging places. And he got caught again because he wasn't supposed to be digging around anywhere. No. You don't remember this at all? No. Oh, okay. It's like early days. That, uh, people want to say 90 Day Fiance, but that's not uh, You know I have the memory of a caterpillar. I'm so just saying. This problem? That was interesting as well. And I'm wondering if that's what, if Scrushy had that option as well. Was he also like, let me bury this somewhere. I'll come back and get it. Yeah, he buried it offshore in another bank account. Well, yeah, no. But yeah, so if you want to watch a true crime documentary... That's a little lighter, not so super heavy-handed, because that's all you can take at the moment. Watch King Richard, <laughs> trial by media. King Richard, I'll do the White-collar crimes. With all of their ridiculousness. Anything else you want to add? I guess we like that, huh? <laughs> right. Do you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. So I finally watched Friday and it was the worst decision ever. It's been nonstop fighting since watching Friday. No one's fighting. Anyway, Friday, in case you don't know, like me, where a lot of these sayings come from, bye, Felicia. You got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) All of that. Essentially is a movie about Craig, who's played by Ice Cube, and it's his whole day after being fired from his job. It's him dealing with his parents, his sister, the neighborhood, trying to keep his nose clean and keep out of stuff. He's got a girlfriend that he may or may not have been cheating on, but who's also actively cheating on him. But he also has an interest in Nia Long's character, who he's also trying to go after. This all culminates in them facing down Debo, who's like the local bully. He barely gets out of that alive. And then it ends. Friday. Really? You're that depressed now about Friday? You're that depressed? That's all. Okay. Whatever movies you're going to start watching, Javon. <laughs> you can add to it, Calvin. What do you want me to add? The reason we've been fighting is because I didn't find it that funny. Calvin was like, you, didn't, you need to have watched it at the time that it came out. You already know all the jokes. So it's not like you're discovering it for the first time. Which are all... Really good point. The problem was, it's a movie. She keeps thinking it's supposed to reflect real life, and this is real life. I don't know why. Her whole thing, what what got her into a tizzy or uproar, because Debo, if you know in the movie, Debo beats up Felicia for going in his pockets. Oh, so he thought. So then he comes out, uh, Neil Long's character comes out and said, hey, you punched my sister. He's like, go back home, little girl, before you get knocked out. So then he hits her. That strikes the whole thing in her with this movie. That's why she really hates this movie. It's just a movie. I don't hate it. It's just a movie. I just made the mistake of saying I didn't think it was that funny. And it was like, woo. Actually, I can understand why you don't think it's that funny. Because you've heard everything. You know the punchline. It's like going to a comedy club and seeing a comedian who you already know all his jokes in the punchline to him. And he's saying them in the same order, the same way. You're not really going to laugh. 
because you already know what's coming. So watching it now, I didn't laugh that much watching it. I smirked at some scenes. I repeated the dialogue because I knew them. But at the end of the day, I already knew what was going to happen. That's all. Interesting. I mean, I understand why it is a cornerstone culturally for for black films. I understand that. Apparently at the time, this was like one of the first movies to showcase the hood in a relatable way. All black cast. I mean, it's yeah, it's an all black cast, but it was it wasn't like menace to society where we're only focusing on the death and the fact that we can't get past a certain point either financially or just career wise or whatever. Like basically, this was just like other things happen in the hood other than people getting murdered every day. Getting murdered every day and just you know what is oh what do they call it? There's a term. You still have fun in the hood. The hood's all good. Right. It's not just depression. It's not. It's not just black depression the entire time which i get because it is really lighthearted for all the serious stuff that they're talking about with the drug dealing and getting into fights and getting getting their stuff stole on a regular basis it is lighthearted chris tucker does a fantastic job of playing this sidekick uh, ice cube is good as the straight man to all of the jokes that are happening but it ends very seriously with that gun going off the fight he has with debo Debo punching on girls. It's very interesting how all that breaks down. So, I mean, I for the fact that it turned the corner the way it did in terms of black cinema at that time, I give it five stars. I just didn't think it was that funny. Yeah, okay. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's cool. I probably I think if I watch a couple of other movies from that time that I watch, I probably wouldn't think it's that funny either. Right well, now. Why did you love it then as a kid? Because it was hilarious. I didn't know none of the punchlines. Everybody was funny. It was a good, easy watch. That's it. Okay. It was a lighthearted watch and that was it. Yeah. Do you think it's aged well? No movie ages well. I don't know that that's true. Okay. It aged well to me. If you okay. ask me. Sure. Okay. I haven't seen nothing different in this movie that I haven't seen in other movies before. Okay. This movie didn't start nothing. It didn't finish anything. Mm-hmm. In regards to... So I'm reading up about the production that they had for this. Did you know that at first they're trying to keep it as realistic as possible and then Ice Cube was like, this is too real. We need we need to back it up a little bit. They're not going to laugh at the jokes if it's this real. So they ended up having to make a turn production-wise. Yeah. I'm not shocked. Interesting. It's supposed to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to be a comedy if there's nobody laughing. Interesting. Uh, what else is it saying here? This was Ice Cube's third script he ever wrote. What do you think are the other ones he's written? Did I don't he know. write Players Club? I don't know. They're all trash. Evidently, they didn't make it. What? <laughs> um. Oh, why did Chris Tucker not come back? He said it was because he money. wanted too much money. Yes. He decided to go make like $20 million to be mm-hmm. with uh, Jackie Chang in a Rush Hour movie. Well, but she ended up making way more than anybody's on any of those Friday movies. I tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apparently, they're supposed to be working to try to come back, Chris Tucker to come back and do one, but it never. They're going to do out. another Friday. It never pans out. Oh, you said they've been trying to do that for years. Yeah. So what? The two sequels are next Friday, Friday after next. Film also inspired an animated series called Friday the Animated Series. Yes. How was it? A, must, was it a, an Adult Swim or was it for kids? I don't know. It was trash. I didn't watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, given how I appreciated Friday, do you think I'll like Friday next Friday or Friday after next? No. So I've watched fr- next Friday and Friday after next. I just hadn't seen Friday. Okay. And I thought the other two were hilarious. Because you watched them at the time you are now, 
They came out in 2000 and 2002. When did you watch them? In 2000 and 2002. I watched these in the theater. Exactly. The difference. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know none of the words or slangs that were being used. Mm -hmm. Everything was fresh. I think I liked them more because they were campier. They're a lot sillier than this first Friday. Okay. Okay. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Have you seen all of the Fridays? Yes. Do you don't think one of them is a little sillier than the other one? Yeah, all of the other ones are sillier than the first one. Okay. Because they were trying to make you laugh. Okay. Okay. You said they had a sharper focus on on comedy versus yeah, they were trying the story to he was laugh. trying to tell. Okay. Yeah. It was just to be funny. It had no seriousness to it or nothing. It was just. A bowl of laughs. You had Pinky. You had, uh, well, Pinky really made the movie. Okay. And then the third one, um, Cat, Cat Williams' character. And um, what's his face? Terry Crews. Terry Crews kind of made the movie too. Then Pinky came through, and just carried it on home mm-hmm. at the party. So. And John Witherspoon was in all three, right? Yes. He continued to play Pops for all of them? Everybody was in all three except, I think, Regina King. But, uh, even the and, mom? Anna, Anna Marie was in all three? Yeah. Okay. It was just the mom and dad in all three. Okay. The only, the only people that changed were everybody else. The mom and dad and Craig were all in all three of them. Okay. Well, that being said, I still give I don't give Friday five stars for what it did for the culture. Because, again, at that time... All of the movies that are coming out with a focus on, you know, being black and from the hood, you know, resulted in murder and death nonstop. And this was one that didn't. It was just like regular people living regular lives, getting getting their fun where they can get their fun. So in the vein of that, Calvin and I are trying to decide what other movies we should watch that I haven't seen. Um, did you want to do 10 or you wanted to do 8? Up to you, do 10 or 8. Okay. If we do 10, what are the other two again? I don't know. You never pick two. I guess uh, Dead Presidents is one. Okay. We'll figure it out later. Okay. Well, the, the movies we have up is Beach Street, which apparently is like an 80s movie that's very similar <laughs> to Breaking. It was start in the park. <laughs> it's supposed to be like that. Uh, Hollywood Shuffle, which I haven't ever seen. Jerry. Jerry Curl Rock. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Curl. Oh. oh it's it's Robert Townsend. Yeah, it's hilarious. Well, I've seen um, Meteor Man. Is it like that? It's funnier than Meteor Man. Okay. It's like a spoof on how they portray black people in black in Hollywood. Okay. And how it, it's just a spoof on Hollywood mm-hmm. and how they treat black actors and what we got to do and all that stuff. Okay. It's like bamboozled uh-huh. but a funny version of bamboozled bamboozled was rough that's yeah. a, that was a sad watch yeah um uh harlem nights is another one i think uh keenan ivy wins is in a hollywood shuffle too okay um the whiz because calvin hasn't seen the whiz all the way through you can't win i think he just knows the songs what what will i do you've never seen the subway scene if with the I with the creepy dude could. huh you've never seen the subway scene with the creepy dude uh that's with the, the puppet that's at the point where i cut my tv off <laughs> i will not let the devil in my house or when they go to the brothel once again was titties out did you see some titties you see a lot you see a lot well that's the only time i had my tv on and when it got creepy, I turned my TV off. You're so crazy. So that uh, Coolie High, which I've never seen. Don't nobody tell me no. Oh, Coolie High? I've never seen Coolie High. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. This was your suggestion. So cool. We'll watch that. I've never seen it all the way through. Uh, White Man Can't Jump, New Jack City, and Vampire Pretty in Brooklyn mother. is right now is the list. Vampire in Brooklyn. I don't understand Vampire in Brooklyn. It, it, everything I come across reviewing it. Either they loved it, or they hated it. Of course they did. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people who are like, it wasn't appreciated in its time. And then there's other people that are like, it's straight garbage. So which which one is it? 
It's in the middle. Okay. It can't be any worse than Pluto Nash, right? Oh, no. Pluto <laughs> Nash was a disgrace. <laughs> it was yeah. atrocious. Yeah. Pluto yeah. Nash belong on Pluto where nobody can see it. Ugh. What about the Beverly Hills Cop series? That's good. That's better than Pluto Nash. Okay. Way better. Okay. So dead presidents and then maybe a Beverly Hills cop of some sort. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you guys have any movies, black movies that you feel should be on somebody's list to keep a black card, let us know. Uh, all the lists I looked up in that vein, they varied wildly. Wildly. Nobody had the same list. Nobody had the same what? List of like black movies black people need to watch because it varies between who what level black you are, I guess. And black is in levels. I just found it interesting. There's levels to this, like some go back to like the 60s in terms of like mo- classic movies you should watch, well, let's not just and do some that. only start at 2000 and go forward. It's all predicated on the generation you're in, mm-hmm. so it's what it is. I'm not going back to. Free civil rights movies. <laughs> I'm not in that place in my life. So said I don't want it. Depression is not for me. So I don't know. There's some good black musicals that are like in the from the 30s and 40s. Good for you. I would not be watching. That's, what is that noise? That's hammer time. Hammer time. That's what they're gonna be saying. But okay, yeah. Doing the it. Charleston and all that stuff. Do you know how to do the Charleston? Why would I know that dance? Because you're from that area. It's from your area. Do I look like I be throwing people all around my back and doing cartwheels while I dance? That's not how you do the Charleston. The Charleston is a 1920s dance, not a 40s dance. Well, it looks like you know more of me about the Charleston now, don't dun, you? Dun, dun, dun. You guys never had to learn it in school? During slavery times? No. We had to learn it in school. What type of slave school did you go to? I one in San Diego. They, they, you didn't have like a little dance section where they had you learn music, like dance steps from the different decades? You must have been to white school. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. I, we learned well, the y'all Charleston. Had, well, y'all had hope and, hopes and dreams. We and learned the mashed potato had money and just the to, alligator. To have stupid classes like dance. It was part of a PE requirement. It was part of a physical education requirement. P.E. is dancing. Yeah, it's physical. That's not music? That's not the music department? The music department is you singing or playing an instrument. Why would it be dancing? Because dancing involves music to dance to, right? But but that's a physical act seen as, like, exercise. So you guys as P.E. Well, you guys are just dancing. They took, they took a all period of, you, of P.E. All our of junior you year. sucked at sports. So it's like, since we can't do sports, we're just going to dance. I think they were trying to make it fun, quote unquote. I think that I think that's what they were really trying to do. I don't think it was because they had to. I don't know if you remember the pres, presidential it, physical fitness test. Do you remember those? No. You never. Not you didn't have all. to do those in your school. Uh, no. Once a year for physical education. We didn't have cable, so we missed a lot of that crap. For, for once a year for physical physical education, all the kids got tested to see where their fitness level was, according to the presidential physical fitness standards. And this is what happens when your your place has way too much sun. <laughs> you guys didn't have to adhere to those standards at all. Probably. No one told us about them. Interesting. You didn't have a day where everybody was just like counting how many sit-ups they could do or push-ups, pull-ups, sprints, nothing. No, because they use PE to get all the energy out of us so we won't be bad in class. <laughs> okay. So they weren't trying to train us to be military combatants or it was once a year and it was just to see if you could hit the requirement uh, did you go to some special kind of we we didn't do this every day we did it once a year did you did you go to the xavier school for mutants no or special people and i barely and i mean barely met requirements every year barely what kind of mutants are y'all growing out there in san diego you never had to do that for real no it's all about fun. Run till you pass out <laughs> so you can sit down in class and take a nap. That's fun. Running until you pass out is yes. fun. We just ran and we had fun. We jumped some rope, skipped some rope. 
you play guys some have basketball? Dances? Do you guys play even... some football. That's did, about it. Didn't they didn't have... say do nine hundred push-ups because we want <laughs> you to be able to run through this woods and First save some kids because we're being attacked by Russia. It was fifty push-ups. Whatever. Thank you. You guys didn't do dances or anything? Well, y'all Wolverines at too. Wolverines. Were y'all Wolverines too? No. If anybody knows the reference to that movie, huh? It's which is an '80s movie about communism. No. Hell. Did you guys cool do dances? This. Yeah. Okay. We did a dance. One. Yeah. One. We weren't, we weren't little fast kids like every pretty much people in San Diego were. We had so we had homecoming. We just loved. Our, and then we had we, two more. We went to church and we prayed. We had two more and a prom. No wonder y'all so fast. And more is prom spelled backwards. No wonder y'all so fast out there. So we did anywhere from four to six dances a year. <laughs> y'all was wasting your time hunching, doing push-ups, Punch. hunching, <laughs> riding on each other, doing push-ups. Uh-uh. I went and, to white schools. They didn't know how to do all that. And doing nine, 19, 20 dances. That's what y'all wasted y'all time on? Just charleston it up. Waiting school. for the Russians to come over? Yeah. Hilarious. Whatever. Wow. What? That's so random and not a part of uh, black movies I'm supposed to be watching. But yeah, so there you go. <laughs> you made it random with your strenuous uh, military <laughs> school that you went to, apparently. I go to a military school. You went to school for bad, for bad kids? That's what you do? You went to school for the bad kids? No. That's something like they have bad kids who just doing pushes for sit-ups <laughs> no. all day. No. That's what that sounds like. No. That would uh, be a private school on top of that. There I didn't was no know you were such a bad girl, Javon, that your mom and dad sent you out to boarding school. Boarding school? <laughs> and lied to you and told you it's a regular school and you believed it. <laughs> That's were, great. No, there's no way they could have afforded to send me to a boarding school. Well, then they sent you somewhere because you are doing push-ups, sit-ups. <laughs> like you in the military. <laughs> for PE. Once a year. Not even. Sure. You guys didn't have, you really didn't have that at all to no. do. Not, not at all. No. We wow. sang songs. Wow. Bluebird, bluebird through my window. What is this? That's the song we used to walk to when we went to PE with our coach. I can't remember his name. Was this in elementary school? Yes. I'm talking about high school. Of course not. We didn't do none of that shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> we actually did what we wanted to do. We didn't have to do push-ups and sit-ups. You didn't have mandatory. No. Like we had to swim. Like every sophomore had to do a sw- had to do swimming for PE. What bougie ass school is it? Y'all had <laughs> archery too? Did you have archery? Yes. Yes. You had horses? No, we didn't have horses. Let's not get ridiculous. We had bowling. No, Javon. We didn't have a pool in my school. Not at all. No. You not at you guys. No. As close. As to the water no, as you guys are. You we didn't don't have a do swim swimming. team? No, we don't have a swim team. Wow. The closest thing we came to bouginess was, I think we might have had a golf team and maybe a tennis team. Okay, golf? Yeah. All right. Heffa, you had an archery, an archery team. That's totally, that's on another level of bouginess. We sucked. It don't matter. Okay. You, you were rich. That's why you sucked. We weren't rich. It was a public school. This wasn't private. One of the richest public schools I ever heard of. <laughs> ain't no, I can tell you, ain't no public school in where I'm from got no archery. Maybe they do now. No. Also, Calvin is much, much, much older than me. So maybe in your olden times, they didn't have archery yet. <laughs> okay. If older means you mean by a year or two, that- then yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Technically, yeah. it's three years. Thank you very we much. We used the same books that I had. You had the same books I had when I graduated. So I don't think so. Lie. Whatever. Sure you I don't think so. Because your your books were from the 1940s, right? Yeah. You still called it arithmetic. Yeah. Yeah. Just like yours. Yeah. Just like yours. <laughs> Evidently, you were doing the same thing because they had you doing push-ups and sit-ups for <laughs> no damn reason. So who's more cave? Who's school's more caveman? And really? Listen, I used to. I still can't believe you didn't have to do a presidential physical fitness at all. At all. Not at all. What does this have to do about black culture movies? We were talking about something, and that related to Charleston. And then <laughs> I asked you if you knew how to do the Charleston. Because it related to how I had to learn it in my school days. 
That's how we did that. I don't know how we got there, but we did. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> recap. Because we are like that. Uh, random. Yes. Random as heck. Just as random that last 20 minutes of conversation we just had. <laughs> Stick around for more randomness. Episode after episode. Thank you for listening to We Like That Podcast. We like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.